0: Hi there again. I'm Father Matt Kovusk and I'm the Rector of St. Mark's Anglican Church in Elkhorn. As we begin this morning, I want you to think back to the lessons that your parents taught you in childhood. Do you remember some of them? What were they? As I reflect on the lessons that my parents taught me as a kid, I remember that one of them was do unto others as they would do unto you. And I'm sure that as you hear me say those words this day, your parents might have taught you a similar lesson. This makes sense since the, quote, golden rule, as it has come to be called, takes a place of honor within a lot of religious traditions. The Talmud, one of the holy books of Judaism, speaks of this rule saying, what is hateful to you, do not do to your neighbor. This is the whole Torah. The rest is commentary. The Prophet Muhammad, peace be unto him, said, Not one of you truly believes until you wish for others what you wish for yourself. And in our gospel reading for this morning, we read Jesus' explanation of the golden rule and what that looks like from the Christian perspective. And in case you want to follow along at home, our gospel passage for this morning is Luke 6, 27 to 38. Now in Luke chapter 6, we find Jesus preaching his sermon on the plain. This is St. Luke's version of Jesus' Sermon on the Mount that we find in St. Matthew's Gospel, chapters 5-7. through The obvious difference between the two stories is the location of Jesus Christ as he teaches about the Kingdom of God. And frankly, I don't think that this is an oversight on the two Gospels' parts. St. Matthew's focus as he is writing his Gospel is that Jesus Christ is the long-awaited Messiah, the one who comes to fulfill the law. And for St. Matthew, it would make make sense that Jesus would be teaching from a higher place since he is, after all, the Messiah. However, for St. Luke's gospel, Jesus is the Son of God because of who he includes. For St. Luke, it makes sense that the Messiah, the Son of God, is on the same plane as the rest of us. For the kingdom of God, at least in his mind, includes the ones the world would least expect. And we see this theme throughout St. Luke's Gospel, but most notably in the Song of Mary, known as the Magnificat in Luke 1, where we read such promises about the Kingdom of God, such as, He, God, hath put down the mighty from their seat, and hath exalted the humble and meek. Luke 1.52 And so, as we read the Sermon on the Plain through the lens of the Kingdom of God, bringing all onto a level playing field, it puts our Gospel reading in a different light, in my opinion. When Jesus says, love your enemies, bless those who curse you, pray for those who abuse you, he is reminding those that are listening that those who may anger us, curse us, and abuse us are no different than us in God's eyes. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you takes on a different meaning when we look at the other in a different way. When we look at the other as another one of God's chosen and beloved, precious in God's sight. When we do these things that Jesus commands us to do, like love your enemies, bless those who curse you, and pray for those who abuse you, we not only make the present the kingdom of God here and now, but frankly, we also make the world a better place. Yet, here we are, some 2,000 years later, struggling with these seemingly very straightforward commandments of Jesus. Oceans of ink down through the centuries have spilled on how to live the Christian life. Yet, it is a struggle for many of us to keep to these commandments of Jesus. So, knowing full well that it is just a struggle to keep these commandments of Jesus, I should just give up then. Well, no, actually, not at all. It would seem easier to just abandon the whole premise of loving your enemies, blessing those who curse you. But nobody ever said that actually living the Christian life was easy. And maybe a readjustment of our lens in which we view the world might be in order, especially as we live now in such a volatile world, a world where it's becoming more and more difficult by the moment to, quote, love your enemies, etc. And perhaps it might be helpful for us this day to be reminded of how God views each one of us. He views each one of us as his beloved child, one no different than the other. This is what the kingdom of God looks like among us. One where no matter who you are, no matter what you've done, you're beloved by God, and there is nothing, absolutely nothing, that you can do to change that. That is the gospel that St. Luke proclaims. And it might also be helpful for us to remember that St. Luke's gospel places Jesus Christ in the Messiah for who he includes in the kingdom of God, people you and I would least expect. When Jesus tells us to love our enemies, bless those who curse you, etc., though. This call is not about accepting abuse from others, but rather declining to participate in the human cycles where we exact vengeance and retribution one to another. It's so easy for us to fall into these human cycles because we see, when we see somebody hurt us, we want to hurt them back because we want them to know how we feel. What Jesus Christ is reminding us in the Sermon on the Plain is that love is not about keeping a ledger of how people have wronged us. Love, that Greek word agape, God's love is not transactional. That is, God does not love us because we do things that please him. But rather, God loves us no matter what. My friends, you probably know that this lens might make you feel uncomfortable. Since thinking of our enemies is no different from us in God's eyes, is well, incredibly difficult. Especially as people around us do things that either anger us, frustrate us, or just generally round, drive us around the bend. And part of our discomfort may come from our past experiences in life where others have bullied us where others have thrown hatred towards us, where others have kept a ledger of all that we have done wrong to them and have used that ledger to exact pain and suffering upon us. It is very much human nature to want to keep that ledger for others, to go spade for spade, an eye for an eye, as it were. My friends, as we depart from our time together this day, I'd like you to think about a question. Jesus is, in this part of the Sermon on the Plain, is calling people to break the cycles of vengeance and retribution one to another. For in the kingdom of God, we see that vengeance and retribution is not present. Where we are, in God's near presence, where there is no violence, where there is no vengeance and no need for retribution. As we reflect on these cycles of vengeance and retribution in the human experience, I want you to think about a situation in your own life where forgiveness of a person or situation can release you from this cycle. And as you think about that, whether past or something you need to do, I want you to remember that after, it seems that there will be a lightened load on you. When you free yourself from this hamster wheel of sin, from the cycles of vengeance and retribution one to another. My friends, as you seek to live into that kingdom of God, that kingdom where all have a place and these human cycles are broken once and forever. May God give you the grace and the perseverance to make it so in your time and in your place. And so we pray. All glory Jesus be to thee, for this thy glad epiphany, whom with the Father we adore, and Holy Ghost forevermore. Thanks be to God.